Hey Claudia, it's good being with you once again and we are in December 2023. Can you believe it? This year has flown past and we are heading toward the end of the year and we're also entering our festive season. And uh, we're so glad that you stuck it out with us and that you're still here with us. And we trust that God has really impacted your life uh, through this online experience over the last year. Now, for the next two Sundays, we will still be online in this format. But from the 17th of December, we are taking a break in this format. But you can still join us if you want to follow the series that we're kicking off today uh, at quarter past eight for our live in-person experience uh, that we're streaming on YouTube. There will be a bilingual service, so you can still follow along in the series and we hope to see you there. So as I said, we are starting uh, a new series um, that we are calling Behold the King for the month of December. As we celebrate the fact that Jesus Christ entered this world, brought life to us and has uh, given us life and given us peace with God and reconciled us with God. And that's what we celebrate at Christmas time. We celebrate the fact that God has made peace with mankind and has given us access to Him to have a full and a healthy relationship with God. But what we're going to explore in the next couple of weeks is the various perspectives around Jesus. Because you have a different view of Jesus than I have. You have a different experience of who He is in your life and, and what He's done for you. And in the same way, we look in the Bible and we see a bunch of characters surrounding Jesus. A bunch of people that were there at His birth. And what they must have felt and what they must have seen and what they must have experienced in their own individual lives. And we're going to look at these characters and see what we can learn from that and what that can teach us and how we can go forward. And so as we approach this season, as we behold the King, the one who came as a human, you know, born as a man unto us so that we can have life, we're going to see how these perspectives often influence our relationship with Him. And so the title of today's message is, When God Calls, But You Don't Want to Answer. Have you experienced that? That maybe sometime in, in, a, in a physical way, um, you, you know of people that when they call, you just know this is going to be an hour's conversation and you just let it ring and go to voicemail. You just avoid that. You just don't want to answer. Or, you know, you've got a family member that, you know, when they call, they're going to ask you for something and you, you just don't want to answer. You just let it ring and, you know, maybe on the fifth or sixth time they call, you'll maybe politely answer, but you don't really want to answer. Um, and, and we tend to avoid those circumstances. We tend to avoid things that expect something from us and demand something of us that we don't really want to lean into. And often... That's the way we work in our relationship with God. A lot of us will say, no, but, you know, we trust God and we believe in Him. And I know you trust Him and I know you believe in Him. But quite often, God calls and He places a demand on our lives and we don't really want to answer. And the story we're looking at today is a young girl by the name of Mary, Jesus' mother, who had exactly this experience. And from her point of view, we're going to try to see what she must have felt and what she must have gone through in that time. But I believe God rocked up in her life and called. And maybe that was a phone call she didn't want to answer. Maybe that was a call that she didn't really want to 
want to do. Because I think one of the main reasons why we fear answering the call of God from time to time in our lives is because we fear of what it might be. Because usually people tell the stories of God's calling on our lives or on their lives. And you hear things like they had to do stuff that you think, oh my goodness, I don't want to do that. Because maybe when I answer the call of God, He might send me to, into deep Africa. Or, you know, he, he might call me to not get married. Or maybe worse, he might call me to get married to an ugly person. I, I don't know. <laughs> and we have these stories that we, we make up in our minds of when God calls, man, it, that might just be tough. And so often when God calls, we just let it ring. And we're afraid of God's plans for our lives. Because somewhere in the back of our mind, we understand that God's plans are big, God's plans are huge, but we don't really always know whether we want to lean into that. And I want to give you two reasons why I believe we're afraid of God's call. And we're going to look at the story of Mary. And you find that story in the book of Luke chapter 1 from verse 26. And we're going to read that whole story. We're just going to explore what is happening there as uh, Mary got the news that she was going to be the mother of the Son of God. And I think the first reason, if you're taking notes, you need to write this down. Why we're afraid of God's plans for our lives is firstly because God's interruptions are often inconvenient. Because when God calls, it's like an interruption to your life. You were busy doing something and and then God calls and it's, it's inconvenient. It really doesn't fit into what you are busy with. And so we get the story, Luke chapter 1 verse 26. It says this, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy. Now, Elizabeth was a relative of Mary who was barren. She couldn't conceive and miraculously she was pregnant and she was the mother of John the Baptist. Um, and that's who Elizabeth is, and we're going to refer to her right at the end again, so you need to know who she is. And it says that God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. Now, let's just pause there, because I think the idea of angels has been formed in a, in a big way through what we see maybe on television, through art, and maybe your idea of an angel is a big, fat, round, shiny baby with a halo playing a harp, all right? <laughs> That's not an angel. Um, angels were fierce creatures of war that could destroy a nation in one swipe if they obeyed God's command, but were still obedient and humble enough to care for a child. Um, so there's this, there's this strange idea of who angels are, but if you had to encounter an angel, it's not the big fat baby on a cloud with a harp, all right? It's, it's something much more extravagant and impressive than that. And so this angel, Gabriel, appears to Mary, a young girl, and the Bible says she is a virgin. And this story continues. It says, she was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. And verse 29, it says something very interesting. It says that Mary didn't go and say, Oh, wow, an angel. That's so pretty. I am so blessed. 
No, Mary is freaking out. Listen to what the Bible says. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. If you're confused and disturbed, you are hyperventilating. You don't know what's going on. You're trying to make sense of what's just happened in front of you. Confused and disturbed so you can sense something of what's happening in Mary's life. And this was an interruption to her life. Because the Bible doesn't tell us how, how old she was, but from cultural resources, we can sort of gather that she might have been at the age of 14, 15, maybe 16. Young girl. And culturally, the moment young girls reached puberty in that time, they were betrothed uh, and engaged to a man to be married. And so that makes sense in the story that this was a young girl that was betrothed to a man named Joseph. And so maybe she was sitting there and she was excited She's engaged to be married, and if she was maybe living today, what would happen is probably she's engaged, you know, she's trying out her new signature with her new surname. She's on Pinterest getting ideas for the best wedding and how beautiful it might be, and, you know, checking out dresses for her bridesmaids, and, and you know, those dresses should just be ugly enough to not be really ugly, but ugly enough so that everybody focus on the bride. And so she might have been doing that. She might be brainstorming names for their first kid. You know, you know, I like Susie or I don't know what she was doing. But she was living a life. There was something happening there. Things that were happening all around her. And then there's this interruption, this inconvenient interruption into her life. And God often does that. You are busy with life. Things are happening around you. You're running your business. You're managing your family. You're raising kids. You are making money. You're running around. You're planning your career. There's a future. Things are happening around you that might not even be great. But you, you need to hustle because somewhere along the line, things happened that weren't great. And you're trying to fix that. And you're just working. And then God interrupts. And we don't often like that. But I want you to know something today. What we see as God's interruptions, God sees as invitations. God invites us to a different way of living. God invites us to a new level of functioning, to a new way of being. You see it right throughout the Bible. God interrupts Moses. While he's tending sheep, he's busy doing his job, he's tending sheep, and then there's a burning bush, and God interrupts him and invites him into a life where he's the leader of a nation. You know, God interrupts Jonah. He's busy training for the Midmar Mile. You know, he's swimming out in the ocean, and a fish swallows him. And God invites him to go do what he's been called to do, to minister to a city named Nineveh, and bring that whole city to repentance. That's an invitation. God interrupts in the New Testament a man named Saul. He's on a mission. He's persecuting the Christians. And God interrupts him by a blinding light on the road. And he invites him to be an evangelist, a missionary, a, an apostle for Jesus Christ. There's an invitation in those interruptions. But when we only see it as an interruption, we very often miss the invitation. And maybe you can refer to things that happened in that way in your life. 
Maybe you were far from God and you didn't know Jesus. You, you didn't really want anything to do with church. And somewhere a friend interrupted you on a Sunday. Somewhere a friend invited you to church and you didn't really want to go. You didn't want to answer that call. And, and you can remember maybe many years back you actually went to church and, and how the invitation just changed your life. You met Jesus and there was new life flowing from you and your life looks different now than you could ever imagine because of that invitation. Maybe you responded to an interruption. There was a friend, someone in hospital, and um, you thought, oh, my goodness, I mean, let me just go, and you went, and you responded to the invitation of God, and you started praying there, and you maybe prayed for that person, and you thought, well, where are these words coming from? How am I doing this? You know, God has invited you into that space. And suddenly you realize that, that you're ministering to people. And maybe the next Sunday you're attending church and you remember what happened in hospital. And suddenly you see a need in church and, and there's this same invitation. And you start ministering to people and you can not fathom how God is using you in this capacity. What we see as interruptions, often God sees as invitations to live a new, different life. And that's one of the reasons why we're afraid of God's call, because we view it as interruptions. God says, no, I'm inviting you to something new. It might feel like an interruption. It might feel like something is happening in your life that you didn't work out and you were busy with something else. And this just feels like an interruption. But God's saying, I'm inviting you to something new. And we see this in the life of Mary. And this interruption might leave you in the same state that Mary was, confused and disturbed. You're trying to figure out what this means. You might be confused. You might be disturbed, but you just sense the call of God. You just sense this invitation, and you don't really know what is happening there. And we're going to talk about that idea in a minute. But look at the next verse, verse 30. The angel says, Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her. For you have found favor with God. Now, I don't know about you, but if God's handing out favor, I want to be in line. I want favor. I want favor. The problem is that the way we view favor very often fits into our lives. So if, if I can imagine Mary living today, favor in her context might mean, oh, Oh my goodness, I'm going to win Bride of the Year. You know, I'm going to feature on magazines and my wedding's all paid for. And they've paid for the honeymoon in some island nation. And oh, it's going to be fantastic. And that's the favor of God. <laughs> that's just our idea of favor. God had a much bigger idea regarding favor in Mary's life that seemed inconvenient to her. But you know, God had a plan. How many times do we want to superimpose or enforce our idea of how God's favor should look on our lives when God has so much bigger things for us in store? And so the first reason why we, we often avoid God's call is because we see God's invitations or His interruptions as an inconvenience. Perhaps today you need to just sit down and say, Lord, 
well, where have you interrupted me? Where have you sent out that invitation that I need to respond to? But the second reason why we, uh, we're afraid of God's call is, and if you're taking notes once again, write this down, is because God's purpose is often different than our plans. Not only are we busy with things, not only are we busy doing stuff and God interrupts us, but we've also got plans of where we're going and where we're heading and what should be doing. So you've planned out a few things and then God reveals that His purpose looks different than your plan. Verse 31 to 33, story continues. So the angel talks to Mary and says, You will conceive and give birth to a son and you will name him Jesus. And he will be very great and we will be called the Son of the Most High. Wow! The Lord will give him the throne of his ancestor David and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Now you can imagine this. Firstly, she was interrupted. She might have been doing something. I don't know what she was doing at that moment. The angel appears and she was interrupted. But there's an invitation to something. And the angel says that you are favored. Because of this interruption, God has favored you. And then he reveals God's purpose through her. Now, maybe the first reaction was, I am going to be bearing the Son of God. Wow! And I can imagine the next thought would be, what am I going to tell my parents? What, what am I going to tell Joseph? What will people think of me? Because I'm a virgin. I mean, I'm going to be pregnant. How is this possible? I don't know. How am I doing this? Because this wasn't part of my plan. This wasn't what I was planning. But now there's this purpose and it doesn't, you know, gel with my plan. That's one of the reasons why we don't often respond to God's call. We've bought into our own plans so much. And we often forget that God has a higher purpose. I mean, the Bible says that just as, as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than yours and my thoughts are higher than yours. God has another purpose. He's got an elevated plan for your life. And maybe that happened in your life. Maybe you dreamt of having this family and having kids running around in your house and then... Um, you got the news from the doctor that your first baby was a child that needed special care. And for a while, maybe you thought, you don't know how this is going to work out. And you thought that your dream had shattered, your plans had gone awry. But you could never imagine the joy that that child brought to your life. Maybe you thought, my plans had this career mapped out and you lost your job and you didn't know what was happening your plans have gone off the rails and when you look back now you might see that that was God's plan for my life because if I didn't lose my job I would have never started the business that I always dreamt of and I'm living that right now God had a purpose in that maybe you thought that you would marry and things didn't work out that way but you found joy in something else. You found a purpose in something else. Very often God's plans are very different. Or God's purpose is very different than our plans. I remember in my own life, I wanted to go study medicine. 
And growing up in church, I never wanted to become a pastor. I never wanted to go into ministry. Um, I, was, I was in ministry. I was in church every single Sunday, two, three services, sometimes four services a Sunday. During the week, I was involved. I was, and people often ask me, are you going to become a pastor like your dad? And I said, there's no way. That's not my plan. I wanted to go study medicine. And at the age of 16, I was in a bus accident that short-circuited my sporting career in that moment. Couldn't do any more sports for the next two years of high school. And so I was pretty much stuck at home when all my friends were playing rugby or cricket or doing whatever. And for a season I thought, well, that, that just sucked. You know? <laughs> but looking back, I realized that was the season where I taught myself to play guitar. That was the thing that took me further in worship ministry and got me into ministry and eventually led to me being in ministry. That was God's purpose. It wasn't my plan. But looking back, I can see God's purpose in that. And so these interruptions might be inconvenient and it might go against the plans that you have, but God has a higher purpose. Then in verse 34, the angel says this, Mary, or Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? I'm a virgin. Maybe that's your feeling too. Mary's saying, what you're telling me is impossible. It can't happen. It's an absurd idea. I'm a virgin. I have never been with a man. I can't get pregnant. There's no way. And maybe sometimes the call of God feels like that in your life. You sense God calling you. You sense God speaking to you. And you might feel it's impossible. What, what these people are saying, what I'm sensing in my spirit, it's just a dream. I ate too much pizza the night before. And so maybe I'm not feeling well, but it is impossible. And some of us sense that call of God in our lives. And it just seems like an impossibility. It can't happen. I mean, that's, that's like me. What the angel is telling Mary, like, you will become pregnant. It's, it's the same type of thing. Now, if you know me, you know I love golfing. I love it. I'm not very good. But it's, it's the same thing that you would come to me and tell me, hey, you know, I had a dream last night, and God told me that you are going to win the, the British Open next year. You're going to win it. I love golf, but I know I'm not that good. It is impossible. It, it can't happen. There's no way. Even if my ego thinks I can, I can't. And so Mary's saying that this is impossible. And maybe when you think about God's purpose, that is your thought. It seems like an impossibility. Like, how is my marriage going to make it? It's impossible. How is God going to heal that person that I love or even heal my own sickness? How is God going to use me? Do you know what I've done? Do you know where I've come from? God can't use me. That's impossible. God only uses holy people wherever they are. Holy people are sitting somewhere on a cloud polishing their halos. I don't know, but they're not here. And what God is speaking to you you might think it's impossible. How am I going to pay the bills? How am I going to survive the storm? It, it seems impossible. But I want to tell you that the angel gives Mary an answer. Because when God calls, 
It might seem inconvenient. It might seem like an interruption. But remember, that's God's invitation to His purposes in your life. And if you pay attention to that, God moves into your life. And this is what the angel tells her. Verse 35 and 37 says, The angel replied, this is how it's going to happen. If you think it's impossible, this is what's going to happen. The Holy Spirit will come upon you because some things can't be done without the power of the Spirit of God in your life. You can't save your marriage. You can't heal the friend. <clears throat> you can't get the deal. You can't do that. Some of the things are just impossible. But when God's Spirit moves, things change. And this is what the angel says. The Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy and he will be called the Son of God. Verse 37. For nothing is impossible with God. Nothing. I believe what we learn from Mary's story is that sometimes what you see as an inconvenience or an interruption, God is saying, this is an invitation to engage in my purpose for your life. I know it might not look like the plans that you had for your life, but this is my purpose. And it's a calling to living something bigger than what you've done until now. It's, it's a call that says there's a purpose in your life. And you might be saying, how is this possible? This can't happen. Lord, do you know me? Do you know what I've done? Do you know where I am? Do you know that I'm not talented or skilled enough to make this happen? And the, the Spirit of God is saying to you today that for, with God, nothing is impossible. God is calling you to a new place. As you behold the King, as you look at Jesus and what He's done in your life, there's this call in your life. And so I want to ask you today, what is God asking you to do or to believe? There's something that God is asking you to do or to believe. And for some of you, the answer is instant. <clears throat> you just know. Because you've known. And you have not answered that call. God's been calling, God's been knocking, and you know exactly what it is, and you need to re respond to that today. For some of you, it might take some time. Maybe you're unsure. Maybe you need to go spend some time in prayer and say, Lord, what, what, it is, what is it that you want me to do? What is it that you want me to be? And maybe it might seem initially like an inconvenience and like not part of your plan. Maybe God's calling you and saying, hey, start a group. Start a group at home. You're thinking, oh, that's just inconvenient. Now I've got to open my house to people that I don't know. And, you know, I've got to make them coffee and maybe share something. And I don't even know if I can do that. But I can take you to many people who have done that. And they have seen God move through their lives like never before. Things that they thought were impossible. God using them in miraculous ways. Maybe it might be something really hard. Maybe God's calling you today to break up a relationship. Or maybe God's calling you to mend a relationship with your parents or with a friend that has broken down. But whatever it is, what is God asking you to do or to become today? Because very often we respond in a certain way, but this is our response. This is how we should respond. And we learn this from Mary. When God interrupts and He brings His purposes into your life, He invites you to a higher level of living. And there's a way that we respond.
that we learn from Mary as she was entering this season of her life where she became the son of God's mother. Where God said, this is what I want for you. This is, this is huge. This is big and it might be tough. I can only imagine that Mary's job wasn't easy. Trying to culturally sort out things. Because remember, if she was pregnant without being married, in those, in those times, culturally she could receive a death sentence through stoning. It wasn't easy. It wasn't like God said, I'm calling you to a purpose. I'm going to figure everything out for you. Sometimes God just calls. But here's the one thing that you need to know in your response that we learn from Mary. That the outcome is God's responsibility. Our responsibility is obedience. Our responsibility is obedience. The outcome is God's. When you're obedient, God works on the outcome. We can't predict the outcome. We can't predict what is going to happen. You can't predict what the home group in your house will do to your life and to many others. But if you're obedient, God works on the outcome. You can't predict what will happen when you go mend that relationship and how hard you're going to have to work to mend that relationship. But God determines the outcome when you're obedient. And this is what happened in verse 38. Mary says this, and this is one of the most faithful statements in all of Scripture. This young girl, 14, 15, 16-year-old, she's just heard that God has invited her to be the mother of the Son of God, and it's going to be tough, and it's going to be hard, and it didn't gel with her plans, and it was an interruption to her life, but it was the purpose of God, and she didn't understand. She said, how is this possible? I don't even know how this is going to work. And then she says this, I am the Lord's servant. She reminds herself of who she is. She's a servant. And she reminds herself of whose she is. She's a servant of the Lord. God. That's who she is. That's, she's serving the God of heaven and earth. And then she says this, May everything you have said about me come true. That's obedience. That's just saying, Lord, I don't understand. I I really don't know how this is going to happen. And, but I want to lean into your purpose. And maybe that's where you are today. You need to lean into God's purpose. Even though it might feel inconvenient, even though it might feel like an interruption, you have to reframe it today and say, this is an invitation. This is an invitation to the purposes of God in my life. And all I have to do is be obedient and God will work on the outcome. And then Elizabeth, remember we spoke about her in the beginning, her relative. Mary goes and visits her, verse 45, and Elizabeth says this, You are blessed because you believed that the Lord would do what He said. I want to tell you, if you start believing that God has good plans for you, that His purposes are better than your plans, that God is working in your life, and you allow God to work and you're obedient to Him, you will be blessed because you believed that God would, said, would do what He said. And that's my prayer for you today as we enter this festive season, celebrating the birth and the coming of the King, Jesus. Maybe the coming of the King starts out as an interruption to your life. Maybe it starts out as surrender 
to the purposes and plans of God in your life. As we behold Him, as we look to Him, may the purposes of God be big, may it be grand in your life, and may you exalt Him by being obedient. That's my prayer for you today. Let's pray together. Father God, thank you for your plans and your purposes that are higher than our own. And sometimes it might feel like that phone call that we don't want to answer. And I know there are people listening today that have heard that phone ring. They've heard that call. But they're scared. They're afraid of what God might expect from them. Father, I pray for the faith and the obedience to answer that call today. Maybe you're calling someone to make a move in their career. Maybe you're calling someone to engage in ministry today. Maybe you're calling someone to start tithing or being generous in an area. Maybe you're calling someone today to mend their marriage and really put in some effort with their kids. Lord, whatever it might be, I pray that we will trust that the outcome is in your hands and all we need to do is be obedient. And so we thank you as we enter the season of beholding the King, the one who came, Jesus. We acknowledge that sometimes your coming might feel like an interruption, but today we see it's an invitation to live in the purpose of God for our lives. And so I pray your peace over everyone today. May they experience your call and not be afraid of it, but embrace it. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Hope you have a great Sunday. God bless you. See you next week.